Today is October 21st, 2022, and we welcome you to our Chapter 49 podcast. We try to keep it a weekly podcast, but we have some news on that for you here in a moment. Uh, we uh, try to do it as weekly as we can. My name is Larry Lannon. I'm a volunteer with Chapter 49, helping out the chapter with communications. This is probably the biggest task I have, is producing and posting this podcast. And uh, we, we are very happy that you have chosen to join us. And Duncan Giles, the first thing I guess we should mention to people is we... Uh, We'll break that weekly cycle next week. It's uh, Things get busy for the both of us, and uh, our scheduling is going to be a little difficult next week. So we'll, we will uh, pass next week, but we'll be back the following week. Yep, sometimes we just can't get a podcast in. But, you know, if you're really desperate and for seeking entertainment, you can always go and look in SoundCloud or wherever you find your podcasts or YouTube and uh, you know, watch a past one. You'd have to be seriously hard up for entertainment, I think, to do that. But it, you know, if you miss it that much, you've got that option. Well, you know, you could watch us making faces on on YouTube. That's that's the biggest difference, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I don't make much of a, of a face, but uh, we uh, we. I've always wondered about that. You know, you and you and I talked about doing this on video. I wondered, will anybody watch it? And, and what I have found, and I don't understand this, because our, our, our audio podcast, which has been up around for, what, two and a half years or so, has kind of stabilized into a certain number of listens every week. Well, the the video, since it's been out there about a year or so, it has, like, I, can't, I don't know how to describe it, 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 it swings wildly. <laughs> One week, hardly anybody wants to see the video. Another week, we've got more video uh, people watching that we have people listening on the audio. So I can't figure it out, but I, I, I think it's due to drinking, but that's just me. I was going to say entertainment value. I'm not sure which, <laughs> how entertain we, entertaining we are week to, to week, but we, uh, we do our best to not make it dry. I guess that's the thing. I've listened to some podcasts at, uh, cater to federal employees. They're very informative and the people know what they're talking about, but my gosh, Duncan, it's just, dry it's like, yeah we, we we that was the thing we both said at the outset this is not going to be dry yeah just just relax talk about things as if we're sitting around a table talking with any group of people who might have interest in what we're talking about so that's what we are doing so we'll no podcast next week but we will return the week after probably about two weeks from now we'll be back in roughly that time period uh, with, with another Chapter 49 podcast. So let's dig right into our issues. One that I find interesting, and, and you and I, before we started recording, talked a little bit about this, that uh, there have been swings back and forth on how federal building security should be done. There have been periods of time, and we'll use the Minton Capehart building in downtown Indianapolis as an example, where there have been times where everybody is screened, whether you are an employee or not. Other times where employees were not required to be screened, show your badge and you can go right in. Well, there is a program going on that is not yet impacting the state of Indiana, uh, but it's impacting people uh, in other parts of the country. I think it's more this kind of not kind of a test, if you will, to see how it works out. So tell us what's being planned in case it comes to your part of the country. Yeah, what's going on right now, Larry, is the fact that because of uh, some of the stuff that is going out there, the vitriol against the IRS, 
uh, and we'll talk more about that in a few minutes, is that, you know, we're uh, our national folks, our President Tony Reardon, Vice President Doreen Greenwald have said, hey, look, we need to make sure that our IRS folks are protected, you know, because they're not doing anything wrong and they're being made out to be these targets. So one of the things that looks like they're doing is in certain parts of the country, they are going to increase uh, the number of posts of duty out there that are getting random screenings for employees because they're apparently very concerned uh, at the national IRS level with employee violence on violence, which I think is very infrequent. Um, I would rather them really ratchet up screening on smaller posts of duty uh, for visitors, but that's just me using, I don't know, that logic thing. Um, But yeah, it's, it's rolling out more and more. They're going to be doing random screening. So, you know, it'd be like every fifth person, every seventh person, something of that nature. And it's going to rotate. Um, you know, I would assume every couple of days that those particular posts of duty and how they do that, they have to make it fair and equitable, things of that nature. Uh, no targeting, anything is, uh, like that. But it's it's sporadic at this point. We don't know how much further they'll roll out. But chapter presidents and leaders out there uh, know if your POD is impacted. And if you have a question on that, you can contact your chapter leaders and they'll be able to tell you what's going on and why. Yeah, what I find interesting is that this program, this this test, if you will, is going to screen for randomly for weapons. Now, this could be more than a firearm, correct? Absolutely. It could be knives, could be, um, could be nunchucks. I mean, yeah, anything that potentially could harm um, other employees they're going to be screening for those. So, I mean, it's it's just one of those things where, you know, I, I am wholeheartedly in favor of safety of federal employees, whether they be IRS or anybody else. I'm very, very much in favor of that, as I think any right-minded person would be. I just want to make sure that we are looking at this correctly and going after where the problem is and not just the uh, easy fruit of saying, okay, we're going to screen our employees a little bit more. So is, is, is this screening going to be done only by magnetometers or, or metal detectors, those kinds of things? It won't be any more intrusive than that? Uh, we don't know that. Uh, hmm. I think it's going to depend on the PODs. I would hope it's just going to be the magnetometers. And, um, you know, if you have metal in your pockets, some of the places may want you to empty your pockets before you go through. Um, you know, but whether it's going to be... You know, okay, if there is something after you've taken off your metal, will they wand you? Do you have to take off your shoes? Uh, I think that's going to be probably up to the PODs where they have the equipment. Much of this is going to be decided uh, by the folks who um, do the security for federal buildings. So we'll have limited input depending upon how big of a presence the IRS is in that particular building. One piece of advice from me, if you're going to have to take your belt off, make sure you don't have loose-fitting pants. <laughs> That's very true. That is very true. That's why, you know, people go, why do you wear suspenders? Because it keeps my pants up and nobody wants to see that. Well, and, and I'm half joking when I see that, but I have gone through, you know, security, uh, particularly in federal buildings where I've gone in, 
And uh, you know, you weren't okay when, if you're if you're a little your pants are a little too loose. All joking aside, you know, things can kind of uncomfortable. That's why I was asking how intrusive it will be. So we don't know. We do know that there will be these screenings going on, and once the data is in from these screenings, I assume. Uh, our national union officials and the management will uh, get together and see what that may tell us and where we may go f- from here on security. I would hope so. I know that national NTU is going to be pushing to look at that uh, type of screening to see how effective it truly is. Let's move on to what you already alluded to. When we had Tony Reardon here as a guest on this podcast several weeks ago, he emphasized, the first thing he wanted to emphasize was uh, some of the myths and disinformation going on. And by the way, misinformation and disinformation are two different things. Misinformation means you're saying something you think it's true and it may or may not be. Disinformation means you know it's not true and you're spouting it anyhow. But it's coming out both ways. Uh, This whole idea about the IRS doubling its size. I saw a political debate for federal office just the other day And one of the candidates talked about how the IRS is being bloated into this gigantic bureaucracy, doubling its workforce, which, of course, is not true. But that is still out there. And it's the political ads and some of the political arguments being made publicly that has uh, brought all that attention to the National Union and our national president, Tony Reardon. Uh, President Reardon has talked internally about this, but he made a public news release the other day uh, to the wider public about this. Uh, What was his message? Basically, the message was the lies need to stop. Political ads that are lying about this, you know, we're going to be doubling in size and having these, you know, agents that are going to be bursting down your door and wanting to take your money and things of that nature, which is all just BS. Um. It, that needs to stop, and we need to not have that because it's, as we alluded to earlier, it's putting people that are doing just their jobs as federal employees at the IRS in potential danger. And this is just crazy to me. It's absolutely crazy. We're used to being the target. You know, when you sign up to work for the IRS, you know that you're going to get a certain amount of abuse, friendly or not, from your family, friends, things of that nature the reaction that you'll get from people in the public if you do tell them that you work for the IRS. Um, But the amount of vitriol now that's coming out, especially since the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, where we're getting some badly needed funding for not just hiring, but, you know, to, to fix our IT, to improve customer service, things of that nature, is just off the charts. And, you know, we're used to being a political uh, point to kick, but not where it's getting to the point where it's going to be potentially dangerous to employees. And that's exactly the point that Tony was making. And I can't agree more with that. Um, It's just it's just something that should never happen. You're right, Duncan. You know, when I went to work for the IRS, I did not expect to get a lot of love. Right. But. (laughs) But, you know, we're not the Social Security Administration. We're not passing out benefits. We're not the VA that passes out benefits. We're not FEMA that helps people, you know, in, in dire circumstances. You know, we're not the good guys and women. We are, we have, to, we, have, we have to collect the money. We have to do the audits. We have to administer the tax system, which is, you know, not always a popular thing. It is if you're trying to get some help, but um, 
we we don't expect to, to to necessarily be first in mind about the government agency that that people look to for help. So we don't. I should put this is not unexpected to put to use a double negative, I guess. But on the other hand, uh, there should be no unreasonable attacks on the agency and most importantly, the people who work for that agency, which ties into this move towards security. I know Tony Reardon, our national president, has pushed for more security, and I think the commissioner has been willing to talk about that and is also concerned about that as well. So I think the main point that uh, our national president is saying is, look, if you're a a candidate for political office, you have the right to make your case to the public. Just don't lie about the IRS. Exactly so. You know, there's there's enough facts about us that you can go ahead and, it, you know, honest political discourse is always welcome. There's going to be exaggeration in politics. That's normal. But when it comes to the point where it could potentially um, hurt or put in harm's way any federal employee, especially IRS employees, that has to stop immediately. And I think that's exactly where he's coming from on that. Well, we have a little bit of good news here, but though we have a deadline looming, and that's why we want to bring it up here. Uh, If you're a federal employee and you've worked for the the government for a certain period of time, you may well be eligible for forgiveness of student loan debt that you still have outstanding out there. That deadline's coming up very quickly, so tell us more, Duncan. Yeah, the uh, student loan forgiveness program, you know, where if you've had student loans for at least 10 years, uh, you know, worked for the federal government, things of that nature. That deadline is coming up on Halloween, October 31st. So I would urge anybody that has these types of loans, uh, even if you think you may not qualify, go ahead, take a look at it. Uh, if you think there's a possibility that you may qualify for some forgiveness of these loans, by all means, fill out the paperwork and send it in. The worst they can tell you is, no, I'm sorry, you don't qualify. But uh, I think it's very important. This is a big program uh, that could help minimize a lot of that student debt for many, many people in the federal government. And I want to make sure that our IRS folks uh, are understanding that they can participate in this and potentially come out with a very good outcome. And I think we need to clarify that this is apart and separate from President Biden's program to eliminate student debt, which is in the courts right now being challenged, although not successfully at the time as the, at the time that we record this, it's still in, in effect. But that's one thing what the president is doing in general for people with student debt or uh, Pell Grant debt. What we're talking about is a program I think that's been around for a while and and and, uh, and needs to be publicized and we need to let people know. So if you are watching or listening to this podcast and you want to start the process of applying, where do you go first? Yeah, if you would go uh, basically just do a simple Google search on our IRS search engine, um, you know, you'll be able to find out where to go. They'll send you the link. If you have a question, you can contact your local chapter and they'll be able to send you the information on this. But we want to make sure that you know, anybody who can possibly benefit does so. So we want to make sure that you don't uh, wait around and slip up and not do it by the deadline of 1031. Right. October 31st is the key date. After that date, uh, the deadline has passed. 
and you would not be able to apply. So you can at least get that application process started if you think there's any chance that you might qualify for this program. Something else is coming up. It's coming up next month. It's the open season for federal employees and retirees when it comes to their health benefit programs. If you have the opportunity to move from one uh, health plan to another. So why should this uh, be an important uh, open season for people this time around? I love it when you pitch underhand to me, Larry. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things where uh, they've already started announcing some of the rates on, you know, what's going to go up. Um, you know, there's one of the big major carriers that's going to go up a, a significant amount. And it's because of inflation this year. Uh, inflation and then also people going back to the doctor due to, you know, lessening of COVID uh restrictions, things of that nature. And it is just so important. And we'll dive into this much deeper uh, in November when we have the open season. But I am begging you folks to please look around. You can find very similar coverage to probably what you have right now uh, for for many people, a much lower price and save yourself and your family a lot of money. So it's absolutely worthwhile to look around the consumer checkbook that NTU provides during open season for members is a wonderful tool for doing this. I just want to get it in people's heads. I had uh, the chapter president of our uh, Pittsburgh chapter uh, contacted me after our last podcast. And she said, you know, we need to talk about this. And she's absolutely, Charlene, you're absolutely right. Charlene Stepanski of Pittsburgh is absolutely right. This is something we want to get in people's heads now so that when the time comes, you're ready to start looking, you've got it in your mind, and you can save yourself some money. So that's coming up in November. It's what, How many weeks does that last? I'm trying to remember. You might know why. Uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit less than a month, about four weeks. Okay. By the way, I was never athletically inclined to pitch overhand or underhand. So <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm doing the best I can, Doc, and how well I'm doing it, I don't know. <laughs> By the way, you know, maybe you could go teach uh, the Dodgers how to pitch overhand. Yeah, I knew that one was coming up. Uh, <laughs> no, I really feel I, bad I, about that. I'm surprised you waited that long, yeah. <laughs> uh, nothing like a bullpen that's falling apart. Well, you know, I mean, as I said, I'm a Reds fan. I have no bragging rights at all when it comes to <laughs> baseball. But, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I, the Astros are playing the Yankees, you know, two teams I've never really cared much for. <laughs> How can you rule? How can you root against two teams that are playing against each other? I don't know about that. Uh, and that's yeah. Um, <laughs> Kim, my awesome girlfriend, asked me who you're rooting for in that, and I'm like, well, I don't want to root for a, a uh, plane crash, but you know, it's something that had caused <laughs> them to not be able to finish out the series, and uh, you know, Cleveland oh. being able to play that would work for me. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> Yeah, just one little quick, I, you know, like Atlanta was the team last year that kind of came in there. I, I think Philadelphia might be the one this year. We don't know yet, but... Uh, Philadelphia and San Diego are both that way. They're uh, both teams, I think, have, have come uh, further than people thought they would. Okay, enough of baseball. Back to our, uh, back to the issues at hand. Back to our regularly scheduled program. Yes, unfortunately, we have to do that. Uh, the bulletin <laughs> is over. The sports bulletin is done. 
Office of Personnel Management, they do a survey called, you, I think you like to call it the FEVS. That's the way people, yep. uh, that's the abbreviation. It's, a, it's an employee viewpoint survey. And NTEU has been encouraging people to participate in that that uh, that program to survey employees. Well, we have the most recent results in, and uh, I don't know, maybe it's some people say it's good and bad news. Some say it's not particularly good news overall. When you looked at those results, kind of explain what, what OPM came up with this last time around and how you would interpret those results. Well, what you hear from a lot of people is, well, you know, the results have stabilized. You know, they're, they're stable now, so we're not falling. Okay, that's sort of like hitting the bottom of the ocean and you can't go much further. Um, it does show that morale is still lower than it was. Um, I'm one that looks at Fez and, you know, I think it's a decent tool, but it's how people are feeling on a particular day. Um, so I don't think it's the end all and be all of, um, of surveys that, you know, you have to put a, a everything into. We do here at the IRS, um, employee pulse surveys uh, that you can do weekly that I think give us a much better rounded uh, look. And they're much shorter, much better rounded look at where everyone's head is at, as opposed to the FEZ, which is a particular day um, that you're doing it. But it's it's a tool, as as everything else is. It's a tool to take a look at, see where, um, see where the issues are, you know, and it's the same thing with the, the we've always had it's lack of supplies, training, um, things of that nature. Folks, um, are uncomfortable about coming in back into the office. And that's been the case since the, uh, COVID restrictions were lifted. So you're always going to have those types of issues on the FEV survey. And we just need to do, you know, as I think we always should be doing, uh, for the head of the agencies, is what can we do to make this job easier for the employees? What can make it better? You know, you touched on something that I think would impact any survey, with the IRS or, or the OPM survey. You know, we were under an evacuation order for about two years, maybe longer than that. And that evacuation order allowed people for the first time ever, really, to work at home all the time. Uh, even under our contracts that go back to the mid-1990s for people working at home, technology went from being called FlexiPlace to when technology increased telework. But here's the thing. Don't you, you touched on this, people not feeling comfortable maybe going into the office still at this point. But isn't there also an, uh, an ingredient of this? It's like, you know, I've been working at home every day for like, a couple of years, and wow, that worked out okay. I'd rather not come into the office. Do you think there's some of that in, in all this, uh, uh, all these results we're seeing in surveys? Absolutely. I mean, you're seeing that in public sector, private sector, in all of them. Basically, people are saying, you know, I've been very effective in doing my job while I'm not in the office, and we need to take a look at the traditional constraints and constructs that we have in how we do our jobs. You know, there's some that you're going to have to be there in person. You know, there's some parts of a job that have to be done in person. But you're, a large part of these can be done, and this has been NTU's point, forever and a day. 
um, that, you know, you can do these jobs from your home as opposed to having to go into an office. Management's point has been, well, we lose that uh, connectivity spark. We don't have that collegiate attitude. You're not able to bounce ideas off of one another when you're in, you know, not in a post of duty. And I've had to inform executives that that kind of thinking went out probably about 20 years ago. I mean, I think it's, I, I understand where they're coming from, but it just hasn't been that way forever because people have been on telework. And so, you know, this is just the next evolution of it and they should embrace it and try and work towards best practices instead of just saying, oh my gosh, you people have to come back to the office because I can't see you. And you're exactly right about one thing. I've been reading an awful lot just in the mainstream media about the fact that that the private sector companies, their management is trying to lure employees back into the office and employees are resisting big time. So I think this is a push and pull that will continue. And, you know, it, this goes all the way back to the to the 40s and 50s with the civil service where there was an effort made to try to make the civil service as close to the private sector as one can be as far as employment practices and that. So it's never been perfect, obviously. But to try to make it somewhat like what's happening in the private sector when it comes to employee-employee relations. And, and I think people working for the federal government need to keep an eye on what's happening in, in the private sector to see what may or may not happen in the government sector. What, what are your thoughts along those lines? I think that we can learn from the private sector, and I think we can also lead and be an example for the private sector as well. If we're out there, you know, things like, um, you know, family, FMLA, family medical leave, uh, parental leave, things of that nature, the federal government has been almost like the uh, trial balloon of these before private companies start giving these uh, rights to their employees as well. And I think that's something that can absolutely be done with telework. If the federal government is showing more and more that you can work remotely from home, uh, and in some cases even full-time, uh, or just about full-time, then I think more and more private companies would do that as well. We take the good from the private companies, but we also can show them the way. What a move. Uh, really, this kind of ties into telework because you and I talked about the Hatch Act recently and how people need to be careful as we come to Election Day, November 8th, and there's there's early voting going on in Indiana and many parts of Indiana and many parts of the nation as we go uh, head toward that November 8th Election Day. Uh, we've talked about the Hatch Act, but I do believe that telework, as we've just described, that changes the landscape a little bit on what people need to know. It used to be if you were home, you, you were in the office when you worked and you were at home. If you were at home, the Hatch Act didn't apply to you as long as you were using your own equipment, materials, and so forth. But with telework, people need to be careful because you can still be on duty while you're at home and you are subject to those Hatch Act restrictions. Absolutely correct, Larry. If you're wearing a T-shirt for a particular party or candidate and you're in a meeting or, uh, you know, talking to a taxpayer or something like that, because you're on the job, that's considered a Hatch Act violation. You know, we have to, you know, if you're, the Hatch Act rules apply while you're working, whether it be at home or whether it be in the office or in the field. So we want to make sure that people understand that. And if you're going to be, um, you know, doing anything remotely connected to 
uh, a political party or candidate, do not do it during your work hours, regardless of where you are, and especially not on your government computer. But I mean, you know, you, you know, you shouldn't be posting things on Facebook during, you know, okay, well, I'm home and I'm, you know, taking a break or something like that. I can, you know, post something about this on Facebook. I, I would absolutely suggest you not do that. We don't want to have to deal with Hatch Act violations. So we want to make sure that everybody has got the clear understanding that while you're on government time, you are not permitted to do these types of things. So, you know, regardless of whether it's whether you're home, work, or in the field. You know, yeah, that's true, Duncan. And, uh, you know, if you have any questions on the Hatch Act, contact your local NTE chapter. Every chapter is well-schooled or can get the answer for you. Um, one thing I want to talk about before we end this, uh, this podcast, uh, I was a manager for six years. I was a union official many years before that. And would often get uh, questions from people, well, we got a problem with our building. What do you do? I always gave them the same answer, whether I was a union official or a manager. What is the answer to that question, Duncan? The answer is put a ticket in. Um, you'll hear people say, oh, you know, management officials, don't put a ticket in. I can contact the landlord directly. This happens a lot with small posts of duty. The problem with that is, is if there are issues with a building and tickets are not done, if you contact the landlord directly or if a management representative contacts the landlord directly, there's no record of it. So if it comes time to, you know, talk to the landlord about a lease renewal or the things that need to be done to the building, we can't and really enforce anything because there's no record. So please, 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 if you have a building issue, if you see that there's potential mold or there's water in the ceiling or, you know, there's, uh, you know, water faucets are out or water is out in your building, please do tickets. That way our folks and facilities can track it, share it with, it also goes to GSA and we can make sure that the buildings are doing what they're supposed to be doing. The building landlords are doing what they're supposed to be doing according to their lease and, you know, make it a better work environment for you. And uh, with that, Duncan, your final comment. I just want to wish, you know, I, I just want to say again, I know I say this a lot, um, how proud I am to work with all these folks, you know, whether they be uh, NTU national leaders or employees, fellow chapter leaders or employees. Everybody that I am in contact with busts their butt to do a good job, um, whether it's for the federal government or on behalf of uh, the employees of the IRS. I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. You are appreciated for doing a good job. If you don't hear that, you know, if you're watching or listening to this podcast and you haven't heard that, thank you for doing a great job. You are appreciated, and we're glad you're here. Duncan, I just heard it. There you go. <laughs> and uh, you do make this uh... – you make this comment quite often, and from my experience of having worked for the service many years, I can only echo the same thing. I'm sure nothing has changed since I retired 10, 11 years ago. You just heard Duncan Giles. He's the chapter president for NTEU Chapter 49. Uh, if you enjoy this podcast, let people, other people know. If you'd like to get uh, uh, a link every time we have a new podcast or have a comment or question about our podcast, go to our email address, nteu49 at aol. 
www.thepowerofprayer.com. Once again, thanks for watching. Uh, thanks for listening. And the only reason Duncan and I take time out uh, most weeks to do this is because you tell us you want us to continue. And we will do so as long as you want to listen and watch this podcast. So please be safe and be kind. Thank you.